0: Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 Welcome to The of Man, episode 17. Alcohol and Tobacco, Is It a Sin? So, a lot of guys don't even like to touch this subject, as it's such a divisive subject within congregations. It's, I mean, it's just as divisive in in the congregation I attend, in the fact that there are people who, who drink who feel they have need to hide it. And uh, other people who are very law-oriented in that respect. So I want to tackle this thing head-on, and I'm feeling kind of feisty. So I think we're just going to really, really uh, rack it up as far as conviction goes. So you know, a lot of people like to lay down law, and we've talked about lay down law here. Scripture is not about the law, all right? Because when you become a Christian, become uh, you know, you're part of the law of liberty. You're no longer part of the law of sin and death and really this kind of falls into that the plain straight up fact of the matter is is scripture is unclear on this now some of you think that it's clear no mike it's clear you know some of you will uh, and we're going to touch on some of these other scriptures where you think are hard lined but but some of you will go to like ephesians 5:18 it says right there mike don't get drunk with wine yeah don't get drunk doesn't say never drink wine doesn't say it a lot of people skip the fact that the first miracle that Christ performed that, that is recorded is when he turned water to wine for a wedding. Well then you've got those guys in there who are like, Well, Mike, the wine, the alcohol content was so much lower. Look, you can nickel and dime this thing to death. Plain fact of the matter is, is what did he do with the first one? Well he turned water to wine. Could have turned it to anything. Could have turned it to grape soda for that matter, but he didn't. He turned it to wine. And that does factor in for those of you who are law oriented. And for those of you who are not law oriented, because you've got one extreme that's law oriented is like Christians should never. And I know people personally like this. Christians should never touch alcohol and tobacco, never. And then you've got the other side that say, look, you know, it's ridiculous to think that you can't, it's ridiculous to think, you know, I should be able to go have beers with the guys on the weekend and, and they are equally missing the picture. All right. Ephesians 5:18 is only part of the answer we're looking for. If you go to 1 Timothy chapter 5 in uh, verse 23, no longer drink water exclusively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. Okay, so now you got one scripture says don't get drunk, you got the other scripture says drink wine. All right. We're all intelligent men, right? I would like to think so. And here in a second, we're going to talk about the complete line of logic. So you got one verse. Are they contradictory? They're absolutely not contradictory. One says, too much is too much. The other says, a little is fine. Now, what is a little and what is too much? Well, if uh, if you are off into drunk land, that's too much. If you're having one or two glasses for the sake of your stomach or simply to have with a meal, here, it doesn't give you a limit on what is too little or what is too much so is two glasses too much three glasses too much Well, you don't know why because it's up to you the Lord said look you're an adult we may be the children of God that doesn't mean we have to act like children remember that as men well as Christians in general he gave us milk to drink in the beginning spiritual milk and then he gives us meat so on this subject Are we acting like milk drinkers or are we acting like meat eaters? Are we twisting this to make ourselves comfortable and feel better about ourselves or are we so rigid that we then block out other people within our congregation that we could have great relationships with and get great work in the Lord done with because we can't get past this. Now, the complete line of logic, what does that mean? Complete line of logic states that if you're going to state that alcohol and tobacco should never be used by a Christian, then you would have to take that logic all the way to nothing bad should ever be used with a Christian. Nothing bad has a place in a Christian's life. Now, some of you are out there going, yeah, that's right. Preach it. Okay, well, let me explain something to you. Sugar is just as bad, if not worse for your body, than alcohol. Are you going to tell me you've cut sugar, too? Are you going to take that hard line with that? I mean, we'll even touch on tattoos a little bit. Scripture doesn't even talk about tattoos, really. But there's a number of people out there who say it's not Christian. Okay, well, <sighs> eating sugar is bad for you. Cancer-causing, documented. Uh, for any of you, I, I said it in the last podcast, I'll say it here, too. There's a great book called The China Study. I got it on Audible, but, I mean, you can get the regular book. Go take a listen to it. It'll tell you all the things that they have found statistically uh, affect the body poorly. you going to tell me Doritos are good for you? Doritos are, are a great thing? Scripture doesn't say anything about heroin. Doesn't say anything about your, your Netflix binging. We'll talk about that in a different episode. If you're going to start a line of logic, a false... A false premise always guarantees a false conclusion. Because remember, what's sin to you is not sin to another. For he who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. To one person, drinking may be the right thing to do in small amounts. One glass of wine, one beer. To another it may not be. And if either one of them breaks that with themselves, then they are in sin. One can drink the beer and decide one day that six is, is, is good and then realize that was a bad idea. To him, who knows the right thing to do and does not do it. To the other who drinks or uses tobacco, for that matter. I know I'm har- harping on alcohol. Alcohol is the one that comes up the most. To him, it is sin if he, if he feels he shouldn't. But once again, we are not here to lay laws on one another. We're here to figure out this, this issue of sedation that's why i'm tackling alcohol and tobacco if if you are using it to sedate if the habit controls you we'll come back to that in a minute in romans chapter 4 or 14 sorry chapter 14 let me go i'm actually turning in my bible as we speak in romans 14 verse 13 Therefore, let us not judge one another any anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know and am convinced in itself, or I'm sorry, I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Verse 15, for it because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died therefore do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil for the kingdom of god is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit for he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to god and approved by men so then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another do not tear down the work of god for the sake of food all things indeed are clean but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. What I wanted to get to, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that we just talked about in this section of Scripture. But in verse 21, it's not good to eat meat or to drink wine, or to do anything which causes your brother to stumble. Which means if you've got the one guy who thinks that one glass is okay, and you've got the guy who thinks no glass is okay, it is not okay for the guy who has no problem with one glass to drink in front of the guy who doesn't. A stumbling block, he puts there. Then there is sin. So, for those of you who are out there thinking, well, look, this is my choice, it's his choice as to whether he drinks or not. You are part of the problem, buddy. If you think for two seconds that it's up to them, you are not above reproach. Do you know what being above reproach means? Being above reproach means that you take 100% responsibility for anything and everything that comes out of your mouth. Anything and everything that you do in action, you need to take responsibility for, and you need to own it. If you think that you're drinking a beer in front of somebody should not affect the other guy and that you shouldn't have to not drink because he doesn't you are causing a a stumbling block on purpose and yes by scripture that is absolutely sin and uh probably a little arrogance too because if you think for two seconds that you can wander through life thinking well god will forgive me god will forgive me you have missed the boat Romans 14:13 through23, that's one that you guys should all highlight. How our habits affect our brothers is a completely different story than if the habit in and of itself is wrong. In Galatians, chapter 4. Oh, sorry. Galatians chapter. Well, I had that. Oh, no, I'm in the wrong spot. Wrong section of scripture. I went to my next one by accident. I apologize. So Galatians chapter four. In verse seven. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. However, at that time. When you did not know God, you were slaves to those by which by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God or rather be known by God, how is it that you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? So are we making excuses or are we being too rigid? I have friends who don't drink themselves but won't judge you if you do. They don't have a problem with it. They, don't, they, they themselves don't feel that it has a place in their life, and they are completely comfortable with other people drinking in front of them. Then there are those those sons and daughters whom I know for a fact drink who are Christians. Unless their folks come over, they hide it. It's not out in public view. If they think for two seconds their parents are on their way over, it goes away. And it's a secret. And if you drink with them, you're asked not to say anything because that's just not how their parents feel or just not how the parents you know feel good about it. That's a problem. That's a problem. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to know all your business. But what I am saying is that you should be able to live your life amongst the brethren amongst your congregations without looking over your shoulder. And you should know enough about the brethren around you to know whether something you're doing is causing a stumbling block to them. Don't think your kids aren't watching you. They're watching your attitude about this stuff. If you are so law-oriented that you say, no alcohol, no tobacco, no tattoos, no, I guarantee you, the first thing those kids are going to do, they're going to go out and check it out. Well, I was curious about why I can't do these things. You know, Dad always said, oh, no, but, you know, just a little scripture that was all of it, you know, why? doesn't seem that bad. And then the next thing you know, your kid's got a a bad habit because you never took any real time to explain it to them. You never took any real time to be a part of that decision-making process with them because you were too busy laying down law. And then for those of you that are just too willy-nilly about it, you figure, well, they make good choices. You know, we've taught them. They've seen us drink. Well, then you get the other side that's, well, yeah, it's okay with mom and dad because you've been too lax about it you haven't taught responsibility you haven't taught scripture you haven't taught what it means to make your brother stumble we must train the hearts of our kids by training our own final scripture first corinthians chapter three verse 16 do you not know that you are a temple of god and that the spirit of god dwells in you if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy and that is what you are. I'm sure some of you were already thinking that I had missed that scripture. I have not missed that scripture. But once again, let's touch our full logic circle. Now, do I absolutely believe that the temple that I am a temple of God? Yes, I do. In fact, I'm going to rock your thinking a little bit. If I hold a pen in my hand, is it holy? number of you would say no but let me remind you and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna leave this thought with you on this particular portion of the subject and we'll move on if i am a christian and the temple of god is holy and that's what i am because the spirit of god dwells in me if that pen is then in service to the temple is it holy Is it holy? Think about that. Moving on, though. The point I want to get to here is the full logic circle. If you're going to say alcohol, no. Tobacco, no. Tattoos, no. What about your diet? Temple of God's holy, right? Are you eating junk? Have you even taken the time to figure out what what the grocery stores are feeding you or what you're putting in your mouth every time you pick up a piece of pizza? Sure, I love pizza, but I can't eat it anymore. I'm... I am gluten intolerant, and I hate it when I get those weird looks from people. Because let me tell you something. I've made a ton of diet changes. I've had to give up a ton of food that I love. I still crave pizza, but I can't eat it. It makes me ill. And I get that weird look, and I have to tell people, look, if I could eat a piece of pizza and have a beer, I would. But... I made some poor diet choices that affected me differently. But what are your diet choices? Full logic, right? If alcohol is bad, tobacco is bad, tattoos are bad, then sugar is bad. Are you exercising? You know, the temple is holy. Are you taking care of the temple? How about how much time you're spending in front of the TV? How about how much time in front of your computer? When's the last time you engaged your kids? I could keep going. The point is, is if you're going to follow your logic on don't do this all the way through, then you have to eliminate everything according to law that is bad for the temple, bad for the body. But the Lord doesn't do that. He gives you the ability and the freedom of choice to determine for you what's good and what isn't. In, in a lot of cases, not necessarily every case. Obviously, you can't go out and just kill somebody. That's a different deal. And we're talking about a different set of rules then. But as far as these things go, be careful before you lay down law on somebody else and make sure that you know your scripture. We've talked about that. Know what you know. Make sure that when you are setting the example for your kids, it's an example we're setting. Make sure that when you're dealing with your brothers in church, we are the leaders. Guys, excuse me. We are the leaders. If we don't, who will? Maybe you keep looking at that guy across the aisle or the guy up front. I got news for you. The guy up front, he gets paid to do that. Am I saying he's not a good guy? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he gets paid to do that. That's his job. What's your job? I don't mean what you get paid to do. What is your job in Christ to be the leader in your house and ultimately the leader in your congregation to help lead those men who are younger? That one day, because I'll tell you one thing, the church will never lack preachers. But take a good look around. It will lack qualified elders and deacons. Just a food for thought for you. I want to thank you for joining us today. You can obviously find us on anchor.fm and iTunes. Uh, You can find us on Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Radio Public. Uh, If you want to contact us, you can contact us through uh, The Sedated Man. Uh, I think the tag is The Sedated on Instagram. You can reach me on Facebook at The Sedated Man. We also have a group. If you would like to be part of The Sedated Man group on Facebook, please just uh, get on Facebook, find me, uh, private message me, and I will add you to the group. I also have a YouTube channel that's dealing with uh, my my health journey, and that's The Sedated Man on YouTube. And if you would like to email me directly, you can reach me at mike at the That's mike at the sedatedman.com. Uh, we would also ask that you would give us a review on iTunes and any of those other uh, platforms that I mentioned. And we thank you for the time. Welcome to The Sedated Man.